What's going on, everybody? And welcome in to another edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Saturday, October 15th, 2022. And we're here for another NFL Picks podcast. We had been in uh, the habit of doing those on Wednesday, but not this week. And we haven't had B-Shape Daily all week either. Reason for that being, uh, well, I had COVID. Uh, still do. But I'm feeling better and now able to. I want to. I just want to make sure I stay on the ball for NFL picks so that I can know at the end of the season how I did. So I wanted to do a podcast. This one may not be as long as the typical NFL picks podcasts have been. I apologize for getting it out late, but yeah, I've uh, been feeling real crummy all week with uh, the Rona, and uh, still did the radio show, still did the big show on KTGR, but that was like for two hours a day every day uh, during the week using my voice for that, and then resting it otherwise. It was ugly. The herbal tea got me through, but I'm feeling much better on Saturday. I've uh, spent the day watching some college football, watching some MLB playoffs, that 18-inning uh, marathon. Did it get to 18 innings? I think it did in uh, the Astros-Mariners. But uh, did a little bit of all that kind of stuff today, but I, I want to make sure to get on here. Uh, we'll be having some more Cardinals podcasts too next week, but again, uh, apologies for the uh, the delay and for the little hiatus, but... Yeah, I was I was in a bad way there for a few days. So that's the deal with that. But wanted to hop on here and get our NFL picks in for week six. We do everything against the spread and the over-unders for each game. And uh, last week wasn't so great when it comes to the uh, against the spread picks. 5-10-1 was our spread record, which brings us to, I believe, one game below 500 for the season. Uh, we started doing this. Uh, let's see, that was week five. We started doing this podcast in week three, I want to say it was. We went 8-6-1, and one, then we went 8-6-2. and two. Got the uh, Thursday night game in that week. Last week, we got the Thursday night game in as well. This week, that will not be the case, obviously, since we're just now recording this on Saturday night. But 5-10-1 brings us to a game below 500 on the season against the spread. We did go 9-7 and seven on totals again. So that is now two weeks in a row of being plus on the totals. But we had a really bad week three on totals going for 10-1 and one that week. So for the season, we are dead even on totals. So we are a game below 500 overall on the podcast. Let's try to get back in the green with a better week this time around. But before we jump into the picks, I want to remind you guys to subscribe to V-Shape Daily on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash bshafer12 where you'll get more goodies, baseball-related, football-related, all that kind of stuff, and it's a great way to help me out in you supporting the work I do here at B-Shape Daily. So let's go ahead, though, and hop in feet first. Going to try to roll through these a little bit quickly tonight, but I wanted to make sure we get the picks out and uh, keep myself accountable to everybody for them. So let's begin taking a look at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's where we're going to get the lines from this week, as we do most weeks. And it starts with a noon game on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers, taking on Pittsburgh. Uh, Ten-point underdogs are the Steelers at home. That is not a line that you would typically see, huh? You don't normally think of the Steelers being a team that's going to get pushed around in their own stadium, but they just don't have the offense this year. The quarterback situation post-Ben Roethlisberger, listen, I was one to make fun of Big Ben a lot last year. He was awful. But as it turns out, maybe he was a stabilizing force because Mitchell Trubisky has been pathetic and they benched him for Kenny Pickett, who still hasn't thrown a touchdown in the couple of games that he's played. I, 
it's just hard for me to feel very good about picking the Steelers, even at home, with the performance that they had against the Buffalo Bills last week. I think it was 38-3 to they lost. I think we took the points there with, with the Steelers, and that did not work out well last week, and they're getting 14. Uh, this week it's only 10. It is at home, and I don't know that the Bucks are quite as explosive as the Bills are, but I still have a hard time feeling good about picking the Steelers to score enough points against a really good Tampa Bay defense to be able to cover this margin. I don't think they get blown out. It's not going to quite be the way that it was in the Buffalo game last week, but I still think Tom Brady and the Bucks are too much. Like That offense is starting to click a little more. They've got their pieces back in the receiving core. Leonard Fournette's looking good, and honestly, they're putting Leonard Fournette on the field less. Rashad White, the rookie running back, is kind of spelling him at times, and both of them look sharp, so I feel like that's helping the offense as well for Tampa. I think they're going to get this one done, the over-under at 46. I think Tampa covers. I think it's like a, a 11 to 13 point win, something in that neighborhood, uh, which is something I think you could bet on specifically. If you wanted to call your shot on that, you could do that. But in this case, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay 27, and I'll go Pittsburgh 16. And I think about that score, and I still go, man, I don't know if the, the Pittsburgh Steelers can score that number of points against Tampa Bay which makes me feel even better about the pick because they that still wouldn't be enough. I don't think Tampa gets held down to like 23 or 24. So I feel pretty good about this one. We'll go 27-16. That means Tampa minus the 10 and under the 46. Second game of the week, moving down the list, it's the New York Jets going to Green Bay to take on the Packers at Lambeau Field. Packers getting seven and a half points. And typically you'd think, okay, Packers, Jets in Green Bay yeah, the Packers are going to beat the Jets by more than a touchdown. But, I mean, the Packers did just lose to the Giants in that game in London. They barely beat the Patriots the last time they played at Lambeau Field. Their offense just hasn't really been the same this year. Uh, 27 points is the most the Packers have scored in any one game. Last week, the Jets scored 40. So you feel a little bit goofy about this one. This should be a get-right game for the Packers. They can rely on both their running backs and just sort of go to town here. But, like, I don't know for sure that they're going to be able to do that. I don't know, man. I have a hard time with this one because the Jets' offense has been moving the ball pretty good. They've used the running backs well. Brees Hall looks fantastic. Again, scoring 40 points last week. But I could see this game going one of two ways. It could be that kind of struggle that Green Bay escapes, like 23-20. Or it could be one where they really just uh, establish it and are able to move the ball successfully on offense. The Jets can't stop them. And it just ends up being a blowout. I have a hard time figuring which. And, and the the total is what I really have a hard time with at 45 and a half because of that. Like, you got to make the determination, can the Packers have that defensive game? Because their defense has been pretty good for the most part. But even the last two weeks, when you play the Patriots and the Giants and they score into the 20s, it's like the Jets can probably do the same thing as well against you. So I'm, I'm going to say the Jets do get to like 20 or so points. And I think I'm going to lean toward taking New York in this one. I think that's kind of a little bit of a scary thought, but I'm going to do it. 27-20, which means it gets over the total, but the Packers don't quite cover the 7.5. They get eaten up by the hook is the way that we're going to play this one out. I just don't have enough faith right now in the Packers. I think they could lose this game. They're not, I don't think they're going to, but if I'm baking in my projection of how I want to pick it, if I'm getting 7.5 of the Jets, who I believe are 3-2 and two at this point, which, again... The, the world turned upside down, but I am still eager to fade the Packers when the points and the opportunity dictates because I don't trust their offensive performances recently. They don't have a wide receiver one. 
And uh, even if like Romeo Dobbs, the rookie, can be that guy, he's not being used as that guy right now. They're not. I mean, Randall Cobb was the go-to guy in the receiving core last week. You're not going to win very many games in 2022 if that's the case. So I'm I'm going to ride with the Jets as far as the seven and a half goes. Then we're taking the over as well, over the 45.5. Progressing fourth now with the Falcons hosting the 49ers this week. Falcons are four and a half point underdogs at home. And they have been undefeated against the spread so far this season, if I'm not mistaken. Atlanta has not lost against the spread. Last week, they covered in a close loss to the Buccaneers. Remember that late call that Tom Brady got uh, on the rough in the passer? If that call doesn't happen, the Falcons would get the ball back, and they might have had a chance to win that game outright. The Falcons have played everybody close this season. Uh, the 49ers offense hasn't been enough consistently to tell you that they're going to blow anybody out. But I think their defense is good enough to where it can be kind of a weird sort of blowout. I'm taking the under 45 in this. Um, I, I do think eventually the, the Niners offense is going to open it up. I continue to look at them as a interesting play for winning the NFC, making the Super Bowl, whatever the betting odds on that are. I just don't think they're ever going to get enough credit for that possibility because of the quarterback situation with Jimmy G. But I think the rest of the roster is pretty good. This is maybe a week where they show that on the road, only a four and a half point spread to cover. I feel good about them being able to do so. Even if they get to 23, 24 points, uh, maybe the Falcons just don't really get close to that. I'm going to go 23-13, 49ers in an ugly one. Uh, so they cover, and it stays under the 45. Up next, we've got a very tricky one for me to come up with an explanation for. Just really having a hard time figuring out the Ravens this year. They're taking on the Giants in New York. The Giants are 4-1. and one. They're 5.5-point five underdogs in this game. It's really tough for me, knowing how much I, I view Lamar Jackson as an elite player, an elite quarterback in this league right now. Uh, the defense for the Ravens, I don't quite trust very much. And I'm not buying into the Giants as a 4-1 and one team or a playoff team or anything like that. But they're doing it so far, and I feel like this is another one that they could keep close because they're at home. That's the only reason I'm even considering it. But the 5.5, like the, the Ravens could win this game by 4 points, by a field goal, by 5. Something like that could take place. Uh, Over-under at 46, I just don't feel super confident in the Ravens' ability to stop teams right now, even the Giants, but the Giants did just score 27 on the Packers, and they have a pretty good defense. So the Giants getting into the 20s again, I don't think is too crazy. They could muck this game up a little. Uh, I feel like it's got to be a game, though, where Lamar Jackson doesn't get done in by a, by a Giants defense. Like, I, I think this could be a pretty good game for him, so I'm not going to project any sort of low total. I, I As much as, like, it feels like it could be an ugly game. I'm still going to predict the over to happen because I'm going 27 for the Ravens and 23 for the Giants. And in so doing, that gets us to 50 points, which is over 46. But that's just like the Giants are going to kind of ugly their way to a decent total against the Ravens defense that has allowed uh, scoring at, sort of at will at times this year. They did look better against the Bengals last week. I will admit that uh, the Bengals though still scored enough to cover that spread. So I think this is a little bit more higher scoring because the, the, the Giants have, for whatever reason, been able to find some momentum in their recent games. And uh, at home, I, I don't know if that changes a whole lot. So it feels gross, but I'm taking the Giants because I think it's too many points to give them at home with the way that they're, uh, they're playing with some emotion. They might get Wandale Robinson back as well. I think that helps their offense. I'm looking for him to have a good game. I might be desperation starting him in some spots for fantasy. So... Yeah, I'm going uh, Ravens by four, gets to 50 points, uh, and, and that means the Giants cover. 
Moving right along this time, we're going with the Dolphins hosting the Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites on the road. And the reason for that is the Dolphins are going to be starting Skylar Thompson, undrafted rookie quarterback or seventh-round pick, one of the two. I've heard two different versions and never looked up. Not going to bother because it doesn't matter. He's not going to do enough to get the Dolphins past the Vikings this week. Yes, you could just throw it to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill at the line of scrimmage and let them do all the work. I just don't think that's going to be enough uh, for a Vikings defense that has been pretty solid this year. I think they'll be prepared for the limitations of what Skylar Thompson brings to the table, and they'll dare him to do the things that make him uncomfortable. I think that's going to be the game plan. I think Kevin O'Connell is a good head coach on that side for Minnesota. Uh, certainly knows what he's doing on the offensive side. I think the Vikings are going to have a good game offensively. Even on the road, uh, Justin Jefferson is hard to stop. And uh, I, I like Minnesota in this game, even minus the three. Uh, over under 45 and a half is tricky. I think it's going to be a game that's in that mid to low 20s for each side, which is going to put you right around the mid 40s overall. Uh, for me, though, I think the Vikings do score enough to allow this game to go over. I'm taking Minnesota 27. Miami will go 20, which gets it to 47 points over the 45 and a half. And uh, the Vikings do cover because it's just a field goal spread. Here's one I have no idea how to figure out. The Browns are hosting the Patriots. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, as of this recording, we don't know for sure whether it's going to be Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. I don't know how much it really matters. I'm a little worried about the defense for the Browns. Like, that's a team that you think of traditionally as uh, having a pretty good defensive mindset as a team. But I want to double-check their scores here. It just seems like they've been in a lot more shootouts. Yeah, they. I mean, they go 30-28. to 28, They lose to the Chargers in a game last week they probably should have been able to win. Uh, they gave up 31 to the Jets in that loss. The Falcons scored 23 on them in a game that they lost. So, I mean, uh, even the, the Panthers, which that that's a team that fired their head coach, Matt Rule, this past week, that opening win for the Browns was 26-24. So, I mean, they're allowing uh, teams to score into the 20s. The only team that hasn't against them is the Steelers. And that's no surprise because their offense is in shambles at this point. So for the Patriots, like, I don't love their offense regardless of the quarterback, but they did put 29 up last week on the, the Lions. They put 24 up the week before that against the Packers. So it's possible that this team, uh, you know, well coached enough to just be able to, to find ways to get the job done. And I like the Patriots defense in this matchup. If they can stop the run against Nick Chubb, who's just been fantastic for the Browns, I think it's going to be a little tough for them to do that, but this 43 and a half number is kind of low. It is kind of low for uh, Brown's offense. has just been so good and, and their, their defense has, has not been as successful as stopping teams. So I feel like the Patriots get to 20 points is the way I feel about this. It could be that kind of 23 to 20 win for one side or the other. And you're looking at minus two and a half for the Browns at home. I think the Nick Chubb factor maybe is what gets it across the line for Cleveland. But I'm having a hard, like, I feel like 23-20, that's a great a great pick. But then I just think about some of the games that have been involving the Browns where you go, how are they at, at this high of a total at this point? That was last week against the Chargers. Man, two teams that you think typically are going to play a defensive struggle, that's what the line's at. I'm not going to I'm, I'm not gonna fall into it. I'm going to go over again, uh, which, again, I've been doing a little better on totals the last few weeks, and I have the spread. We're calling this one a totally random game. Like, the scoring's not going to make any sense. Oh, boy. I, I'm. This is really the toughest one of the week for me, whether, whether to go with the Patriots or the Browns, because 
I, I can make an argument in either direction. I, I think it's going to be the Nick Chubb factor, though, that makes the difference. I know the, the Patriots' de- run defense should be decent, but Nick Chubb has been able to run on anybody. It hasn't really mattered. And the Patriots probably feel pretty good after beating the Lions last week the way that they did. I'm going to go 26-22. It's going to get weird, but the Browns are going to cover, and that is going to take it over the 43-and-a-half. Okay, this one's another tricky one. The Saints are hosting the Bengals. The Bengals, three-point road favorites. And they could potentially be without T. Higgins. Last week, T. Higgins was technically active in the game against the Ravens, but he didn't really play after the first couple of snaps. And Zach Taylor said he could have played under certain circumstances if needed, but they didn't put him into a game where they lost by three and it was close to the very end. So I don't really know what the circumstance would have been that they'd have actually put T. Higgins back onto the field. If you don't have him in this game, could be a a potential concern for the Bengals' offense. However... I want to double-check this. I believe this to be the case. Marshawn Lattimore out for the game. And that would be the cornerback that covers the number one for the other side. Jamar Chase, whether you've got T. Higgins taking coverage from him or not, Jamar Chase should have a monster game if no Marshawn Lattimore, which is the case. Michael Thomas out again. He is the biggest injury-riddled bust that you could ever imagine. Uh, Shame to see after the the talent that he's displayed in his past. He's done, and uh, he's not playing in this game. So I think that's why the spread is right for the Bengals to be favored on the road by three. Probably no Jameis Winston. If so, he's limited. Taysom Hill could be a weapon in the game to go along with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. You know, they're going to throw both those guys at you. But I just think the Bengals defense is probably going to be ready for it. Um, They held Lamar Jackson to, what, 22 points, 21 points or something last week in that game for the Bengals. Uh, I know the Bengals did not win that one at the Ravens. Pardon me, it was 19-17, to even lower scoring than I had remembered. I just think that it's going to be a solid outing for the Bengals' defense against the Saints' offense that is in shambles, and the Saints' defense is apparently sort of in shambles as well, considering uh, the Marshawn Lattimore absence. So Bengals minus three doesn't scare me. 42.5, I could see it being a kind of ugly game. That's one of the lower totals uh, of the week, the lowest one that we've discussed so far, and that's probably for pretty good reason, but I just think Jamar Chase brings the number up by himself, doesn't he? So the Bengals, to me, get to about 24 points. Uh, maybe this one does go under just narrowly, though, because I'm going 17 for the Saints. 24-17, that's 41 total points, which is below the 42.5. But the Saints, unfortunately at home, do not get the cover. I think, though, their defense does enough to, at home, have that energy around them to kind of keep the score a little bit low, despite what I think the Bengals can do with no Lattimore. So 24-17 feels about right to me. We'll go Bengals and the under there. And now for the final noon game of the slate. It's an ugly one in the AFC South, as most AFC South games are. The Jaguars heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Jacksonville, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Colts are getting a a point-and-a-half at home with a total at 41. Yeah, 41 feels right for this total. Uh, Jags have played pretty good defense. The Colts are in in some ugly games. I mean, their, their Thursday night game against the Broncos a couple weeks ago even their game against the Chiefs was pretty low scoring. That was like 20 to 17. That would have gone under this total. I'm not taking an over in a game involving these two teams. Like it could totally go the other direction. Uh, but no Jonathan Taylor, no Naeem Hines for the Colts. So they're not going to be able to run the ball very well. I like the Jags, honestly. I don't want to I don't want to bet on a Matt Ryan team this year if it's almost a pick them against uh a, a team that I think is has just got more talent all the way around. Like Trevor Lawrence can can sling it a little bit. Matt Ryan cannot. I don't have faith in him. So I'm taking the Jaguars to win this outright despite being uh, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. 
in this one. I do like the under, though. Like last week, the Jags played in like a 13-6 to game against the Texans. It might not be that low scoring, but it's going to be something similar. Give me in this one Jacksonville 19, Indianapolis 13, which means the easy cover because of the underdogs are the Jags. Uh, but they'll win it outright, and it uh, goes under with 32 total points, staying under the total uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook of 41. Yeah, I just don't think this this game sees very many points. Moving on now to the 3 o'clock games, uh, Central Time. The Rams catching the Panthers, and it's 9.5 points the Rams are favored by against Carolina, which feels like the Rams should not be favored by anybody over 9.5, but then when you line them up to play the Panthers, it's like, okay, this is the game where the talent of the Rams just is forced to shine through. Weird situation with Cam Akers this week. He may not play another snap for the Rams the rest of his career. Uh, A lot of weirdness going on there. But I still feel like the Rams just have a get-right game. There's enough talent on that offense. If if the Panthers, which the, the, the thing that could kind of ruin this is the Panthers do have a solid defense, especially the front seven, and especially that defensive line. So maybe they apply enough pressure that they do kind of wreck the game again for the Rams' offensive line, as we've seen in recent weeks. But I'm just predicting that there's too much Cooper Cup, too much uh, Matthew Stafford maybe getting some other guys involved. Uh, I, I think they can nickel and dime the Panthers all the way down the field if they have to. And the Panthers offensively, I don't have enough faith in in what they're going to do with, with what quarterback. P.J. Walker? Yeah, I just, uh, unless Christian McCaffrey, like, out Cooper Cups, Cooper Cup, you know what I'm saying? Like, McCaffrey would have to be the best player on the field, which often he can be. But I just don't think it's going to be enough in this one. I'm taking the Rams minus the 9.5, which is a line that has moved toward uh, the, 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 the middle even though it was like 10, 10 and a half. So I, I don't really understand that movement. 41 and a half, the total, that is a little interesting because it could be like a 31 to nine score and that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. Or it could be one where like the Panthers put up some points. I, but like if the Panthers get to 20, am I going to see the Rams getting to 30, 31? Maybe, but I don't know. I'm thinking it's more one of those lower scoring games again. 27 to 13, give me the Rams. That's 40 total points. And that means under the 41 and a half uh, for the Rams Panthers. So under in the Rams in this one, kind of an unusual combination. If you're going to take somebody minus nine and a half, you'd usually think that game's probably going over, especially for such a low total. Uh, in this case, I'm going to say it threads the needle though, and stays under with a 27 to 13 final. Here's the next game on the list. It's Cardinals Seahawks. It's in Seattle. Geno Smith has been really good this year, but they're underdogs at home by two and a half to Arizona. 50.5 is the total. That's one of the higher totals of the week. Certainly the first one to 50 that we've talked about so far. There is one yet to discuss that's going to be a lot of fun. But for this game, I actually think the Cardinals have sort of a a coming out party. And maybe not a coming out party because they might not be that good of a team. But I think they have a game where they just offensively are able to do what they want. And the, the, like the Seahawks are going to make some stuff happen too. But I think Kyler Murray has a game where he just he kind of takes over. In this one, I don't know why. Call it a gut feel on the road. There's really no reason to suspect that the Cardinals would do this, but I feel like it's just got to like eventually you got to realize you've got Kyler Murray as a weapon. You can either have him be a pocket passer and just be mediocre or have him be the weapon that he is with his legs. They lost to the Eagles last week. They played him tough, but I feel like you go up against the Jalen Hurts last week the way they did, and you're like, man, we just got to use our guy the way they use their guy. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a big game, divisional game. They don't want to lose this to lose ground in the division to a Seahawks team that, I mean, they're, they're looking to be around 500 or a little better 
as well to maybe sneak into a wild card conversation with the way Geno is playing. So for me, it's just a Kyler game. Has to be. 34-23, Cardinals win this one. Uh, that's 57 total points over the 50 and a half. The Seahawks defense hasn't been able to stop anybody, but their offense has been fun enough to kind of keep them in it. I just don't think the offense can even quite keep pace with what Kyler's going to do this week. Arizona's minus two and a half. I think this may be the one of the bigger blowouts uh, of the week in the NFL that you don't expect based on the spread. Cardinals 34, Seahawks 23. Cardinals cover and it goes over. All right, just three games left to discuss. The final three o'clock game, it's 325. It's the game of the week in the NFL. It's the rematch of the AFC Divisional Playoff matchup last year of the Bills and the Chiefs. It's back at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs are now three-point underdogs at home. It was two and a half. It's moved to three at DraftKings. Uh, I don't like that line. Is that real? I want to see, like, if FanDuel has is, is got it different, I'd, I'd rather play it at two and a half if I could. Which, again, you get, I mean, you get the chance to do if you want to go from, from sportsbook to sportsbook. So if, if, if you can sportsbook hop and line shop, then so can I. Yeah, I I prefer that at two and a half for sure, uh, which FanDuel does offer. So we're just going to call it two and a half actually here when we do this. I'm taking the Chiefs either way, though, uh, which is kind of dumb. I should take it at the plus three. But two and a half is where we picked it on the radio show earlier this week, and so I want to stay consistent with that. I am taking the Chiefs plus two and a half because I believe they win this game outright at home. I have been big on Josh Allen and the Bills coming in uh, last few weeks. Haven't really changed anything about the Bills for me. But for the Chiefs, what has changed is their ability offensively the last two weeks to really kind of have their way. Uh, Travis Kelsey in the red zone last weekend uh, was ridiculous against the, I should say, on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. And then the the week prior, it was not just like a one-man show uh, like it was against the Raiders. It was just everybody was getting involved in the red zone. Andy Reid is better than you. Patrick Mahomes is better than you. I just think that they are capable of moving the ball, even on this Bills defense. Yeah, it's a little scary. Maybe it's a little bit of a homer pick because I've talked to a lot of Chiefs on the radio show, and uh, I'm growing to have an affinity for them. I will say this, though. I'll be rooting for Josh Allen when he's got the football in his hands because of fantasy football. I've got him in a couple of different leagues, and uh, it's it's a fun life to live. Like, Josh Allen, really good. I just don't – I think the over is 54 points. I want it to be over, so I'm going to say that it's going over. Um, I don't remember the the score that I gave on the radio show when I picked the Chiefs, um, but I do believe it, it ends up getting over. And, and, like, there's a chance that it doesn't. Like, the Chiefs have a really good defense. The Bills have an even better defense. So it could be a, it could be a disappointment. It could be one of those uh, 24-23 final scores. But for, like, the sake of what I'm rooting for, it's just an example of life's too short to bet the under. Like, I uh, I had COVID this week. Anything can happen to you. So why would you spend the time that you have on this earth betting under? No, no, no. Not in a game like this. Yes, the total is 54. I think it was 53 and a half earlier, but that's fine. I'm going to go with over. I'm going to say Chiefs 34, Bills 30. Just a phenomenal game. Let's let's speak it into existence. Uh, the Chiefs cover because they're the underdog, and uh, I'm going to say they win it outright by four. So there you go. Hopefully it is the game of the week, lives up to the hype the way that Alabama-Tennessee did in uh, college football on Saturday. And that's the final uh, afternoon game. Then we've got the night game. Should also be a good one. Should be a good su- Sunday of football. Cowboys at Eagles. Eagles minus six and a half. Cowboys uh, have not lost under Cooper Rush, and he's probably going to be under center again tomorrow night. But, man, that Philly defense is good. I mean, they held down Kyler Murray last week. They've held down better quarterbacks than that. 
their offense has been explosive this year. This is going to be a game that, like, I feel like the spread might be too big because of the fact that it is a divisional game, because you've got that Cooper Rush factor that he's not ever lost the game that he started. Like, between two division rivals that have been playing pretty well recently, it's going to come down to one possession. That's what my head tells me. But also, Philly could definitely win this game by seven, right? And uh, on the radio show, I did pick the Eagles. I do believe. Let me double check. I did. So I need to be consistent with that. And uh, although there is one where I was not consistent, I picked the Packers on the radio show, but that was just to be different from those other guys because I didn't want everybody to have the same picks. And I was like, screw it. I'm going to I'm gonna fade these guys and, and take Green Bay, um, which in my head, I don't even remember it that way, but that's how Andy wrote it down. So I'll take his word for it. On this show, though, I picked the Jets. That's going to be my formal pick here. Uh, and in this game, I, I am going to ride with what I picked on the show, which is Philly. I think they can win it by a touchdown. I think their defense can make the difference. Like Cooper Rush hasn't made a ton of mistakes, but I, I just feel like they're going to be able to to maybe force some turnovers. The Dallas defense, the strength of that group has been forcing turnovers, but I think the offensive line of Philadelphia is going to be ready for this one and is not going to allow that pass rush to get to Hurts. And when it does, I think Hurts can uh, uh, ad-lib. I think he can make the moves that he needs to make to stay safe and, and keep the ball out of harm's way. So I like it. I like this game to go over. I don't think it's a huge punt fest. Like, I think the offenses are going to be able to uh, be pretty decent in this one. And you might even get some turnovers that lead to points quickly as well. So 42 feels low uh, for me in this one. So I am going to take the over. As for a final score, let's go Philadelphia. How do we want to handle this? Yeah, I mean, we could... I, I don't know if they win it by 10. I said 7, but I keep saying 27-20. But that feels about right. 27-20, Philadelphia gets the win. Uh, the Phillies are in the NLCS, and now the Eagles will beat the Cowboys. It'll be a good weekend for Philadelphia sports fans. Uh, that's over the 42, and the Philly Eagles barely cover the 6.5 on the point spread. And as we limp to the finish here, as I realized my voice was maybe not ready for this, I'm having to pause and cough, so I apologize for that. But we've got one more game to talk about. It's the Monday night action in the AFC West between the Broncos and the Chargers. Chargers minus four and a half. I've made my living this year not buying into the Broncos ever. But in this case, I'm a little bit worried about what that defense could do against Justin Herbert and company. Feels silly to feel that way. I mean, Austin Eckler has been a man on a mission the last couple of weeks, has uh, shaken off the rust that he had at the beginning of the year. I did pick it this way on the radio show, Broncos plus four and a half, and I think I am going to stick with that here. It just feels like a game that could be weird. AFC West, two teams that really need a win. Uh, to, to maintain where they want to be in the hierarchy of that division. And so I feel like it ends up coming down to a field goal. I think the Chargers do win the game, but I don't know that they win it by more than three or four points. 45 and a half is the total. It feels like a game that goes under to me. Like if I'm saying the Broncos are going to keep it close, it's going to have to be probably under. They Well, they score 22 points as their biggest output of the year. I'm not sure if that's right. It's not been very good for them offensively. I don't think it's going to be some sort of revelation in this game. But like 24-20, I could, I could see that final score happening. So I'm going to go 24-20 Chargers. That keeps it under the 45.5, but the Broncos within the 4.5. So that's a little bit of a, a pick that I didn't expect myself to make either. Yeah, I was trying to be a little contrarian on the radio show when I picked it, but I think it is one of those games that could be a little bit wo uh, wonky. Um, but then again, if it's not, like this is one that Monday night, if I'm watching it and it's not going the way that I thought it would with the pick, I'm going to be frustrated because I'm like, oh, I never should have picked the Broncos. Nobody nobody sits there rooting for the Broncos to do well. 
with the way that Russell Wilson has played because it's just a it's a fool's errand. But we're going to do it this Monday. We're going to sweat it out and see if we can't get lucky on that one. But there you have it. Those are the 13 games we're picking this week. Uh, four teams in the NFL are on bye. We've got bye weeks now to deal with. And, of course, we missed the Thursday night game. Uh, I had the under. That was my favorite. Again, the last two weeks in a row, the under has been my favorite pick of the week in the NFL. But both times it's been on Thursday night. So we haven't been able to really get too excited about it here on the show. Uh, and I would have gotten it wrong, though, in terms of uh, the Bears. I had the, the the Bears in that one, and the Commanders pulled it out, I think, 12-7, to 7, the final score. So uh, good for Washington, bad for football fans if you watch it. But 13 games, hopefully we're able to do well and uh, maybe get some uh, people in the green this week. So let me know what your picks are at bshafer12 on Twitter. Hit me up. Love talking about it. Thank you guys for listening as always. That's going to do it for this edition of the show, and we'll talk to you next time on Shafe Daily. Peace.